Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Yes. So uh, if you're visiting, thank you for joining us. We are the Northeast Counties of the Garden State Church, and uh, we're glad that you can be with us today. I want to just, again, thank the Almontes for taking us to the cross. As uh, John said, it's, that's one of the things that I always appreciated about the church and want to keep that is we, we're real in here. We're not stuffy, trying to impress people and all that. Um, but I also want to thank our AV team. Amen. I want to thank our ushering team, our children's ministry. And if you notice, you'll see the teens. They're going to be floating around during service. They're not distracted. They're helping with our count. They're helping us with helping the service uh, to, to just know what's going on. And so thank you, teens, for helping. Appreciate you. Now, Sari um, did not mention one amazing couple that is also on our core team. She had it written down, didn't, maybe, you know, didn't see it. Amen. But Ted and Mackie Gill, yeah, where's the glasses? Where's the gills at? Are they here today? Ah, there they are. Ted and Mackie are also a part of our core group, and we, uh, I mean, not only do we adore them and as well as the rest of the group, we, we just are so grateful um, for just what, what God's assembled here in, uh, in New Jersey, and, and uh, that, you know, we're, we'll be fine, the church is going to be fine. Just pray for us to rest, okay? Like, rest, okay? Because... Uh, that's part of what this is all about. Um, let's see here. So we have been talking about learn from me. These are Jesus's words uh, in, the, in Matthew chapter 8. And we're going to go there in a moment. But uh, today we're going to talk about the heart of Jesus. Because, you know, the heart is really what God is always after. It's interesting because you can do a lot. You can act a certain way. But when the heart is in it, that makes all the difference in the world. Have you ever seen somebody do something half-heartedly? You know, you play sports like football, basketball. You play half-hearted, you might get hurt, you know? Now, my brother and I, I have a brother who's like a year younger than me, 19 months. And when we were growing up, we would, uh, there was this, this one football game, the Jets were playing the Packers. And there was this guy named Stan Blinka. And Stan was a linebacker, big dude. And there was this really fast, uh, shifty running back named Johnny Jefferson. Johnny Jefferson running this pattern and he came across the middle and Stan Blinka was standing there like this, like he wasn't looking. And then Stan just boom, hit him with an elbow, knocked him off his feet. And, you know, 
Now, we thought it was funny. So we would reenact Stan Blinka and Johnny Jefferson. I've been trying to find this video for like five years. And so I finally found it. And I, and I cut part of the video and I send it to my brother. <laughs> and he texts back. He says, man, this is crazy because the guy didn't get thrown out of the game. It was just a penalty. Today, he would have been, you know, under the jail. <laughs> He'd have been out of the league. And my brother texts back. He said, you know, ha ha, you know. He said, I hated being Johnny Jefferson. <laughs> Oh, man, I love it. <laughs> I was Stan Blinka. <laughs> but I don't even know why I brought that story up. Um, I got distracted. You start talking about football, I'm, I'm distracted. Half-hearted, that's right. You can get hurt if you're half-hearted. <laughs> All right. So let's go to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. And Jesus is going to teach us some things from these few verses. Jesus says, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you again for this time that we have together today. And God, again, we want to just ask that you help open our minds, help us to, to listen, help us to, to uh, you know, not think about later on what's going to happen and what we're going to do, what we're going to eat, or pray that we can really hear your words to us today and that we can be encouraged. We love you, God, and thank you so much for Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. You know, the life and message of Jesus is told across four books. What books are they? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? 89 chapters and more than 80,000 words. In all of that, there's only one place where Jesus describes his own heart. And we just read that, you know, Jesus in this verse gives us three things that we're going to talk about this morning. He gives us an invitation. He gives us a promise and he gives us some instructions. And in those destruct, in those instruction, he describes his heart. You know, when you know the heart of someone, what does that develop in your relationship? Trust. We know that this person isn't out to get something. 
We know that this person actually has our best interest. We know that, that this person is for us. So they're never going to put us in a situation that isn't best for us. So Jesus is teaching us about his heart. That's what we're going to talk about today, the heart of Jesus. And so in verse 28, he starts out, and here's the invitation. Come to me. This is not a new invitation, but it's the same one that he extended to Peter, Andrew, James, John, Matthew, and many, many others. Most importantly, it's not to come to church. It's not to come to Devo. It's not to come to Bible talk or marriage retreat or single Devo. He says, come to me. Part of coming to Jesus, part of being with him is that you are following him. So your focus is on him because it's all about him. It's all about him. He's eternal life. Jesus's way of life is about Jesus. It's about knowing Jesus. It's about understanding why he trusts the father the way that he does. And because he trusts him that way, well, I can trust him that way. Come to me is all about becoming more like Jesus. What would happen if you became just a little bit more like Jesus today? And then the next day, you became a little bit more like Jesus. And in each day, Throughout the week, man, you've grown by a centimeter in your Christ-likeness. What would happen to your life? What would happen to my life? His invitation is come to me. Secondly, Jesus makes a promise. What's the promise? He says, I will give you rest. We got any tired people in here? Burdened? Worn out? Stressed out? You know, it's always funny when I come and I talk to kids, teenagers, and they're man, I'm so tired. You know what you've been doing? It's video games, man. But no, let me tell you. Something though, you talk to the average teen and they're involved in school and they got sports activity, they got a lot going on. So I, I'm not, I hear you, I hear you. But Jesus says, I will give you rest. See. We could also be tired of wrestling with shame. Feeling like I'm not enough. I didn't do enough. That wasn't good enough. I didn't say that right. Didn't do that right. I'm not valued 
the way that I need to be valued. You know, I learned, too, sometimes people are after a feeling. What do you mean? You know, sometimes you say something to somebody, and you don't realize it makes them feel really, really good. You say, wow, your hair looks nice. You're like, thank you. Right? That person needed to hear that because they were concerned. How my hair look? Right? But it's, it's interesting. You watch a man do something, you know, put, put up something in the house, fix the window, and you come on it, oh my gosh, you did a great job. Yeah. You see, I had to use that Phillips screwdriver instead of the flathead. I couldn't really get in that corner. We do something. We accomplish something. We fix something. And then you say something about it. See, we can be addicted to wanting to hear that kind of stuff because of how it makes us feel. Are you with me? See, Jesus promises to give you and I rest. And not the type of rest that only exists momentarily or that you see in fantasies or in commercials. The kind of rest that refreshes your soul, that brings joy back into your life and makes your steps lighter and easier than they were before. See, that's the kind of rest that Jesus gives when we learn to relax in his love. To get away from the hustle and the bustle and the rat race and the, you know, Got to be first. They got to do it this way. The way our world literally operates, the way our school systems and the different entities, it operates in a way, man, they are trying to get as much out of you as they possibly can in as little time as possible. And we have to resist that, right? It's so important to remember he promises you and I rest. You're not gonna find it in philosophy. It sure enough is not on TikTok. How do I rest? Okay? Lastly, he instructs us. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. This is so important, what Jesus is saying here. Because finding rest for our souls comes when we put Jesus's yoke on and we learn from him. 
Okay? So, I know we are smart people here in this room, and you're saying, well, what is Jesus' yoke, Russ? I've seen the For us to make his yoke our yoke and to make the way he sees God and the way he reads the word the way that we see God and the way that we read the Bible. That's what we need to learn from him if we want to enter into his rest. So how does Jesus see God. How does Jesus see God? Matthew eleven twenty five. 25. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. When Jesus looks at God, he sees a good and loving father and a just and gracious king. He sees a dad who wants to bless his children. He sees a king who wants what's best for his people. You know, the yoke of Jesus is defined by a loving relationship with God, not a lifeless religion. You know, I want to really stop for a minute because if you're visiting, yeah, I am so glad you came. I am so glad you're here. I'm so glad. 
we, we are trying to be people who not just read the Bible or just believe the Bible, but that we are trying to practice the Bible. And we're trying to be uh, like Jesus. We're trying to be like Jesus in our, in our relationships with one another. We're trying to be like Jesus in our relationship with our, our, our employers and, and our spouse, with our spouses, with our kids. We're, we're trying to be like Jesus with our finances. We're trying to just, we're trying to be like Jesus. And we are literally hoping that you would investigate. Yeah, it does seem a little different in here. Dog on it, the preacher's got Pittsburgh Steelers sneakers on. <laughs> on a Sunday. If you didn't see him, there they are. I've been stretching. All right, I lost 3% of you now. Like, he's gone off. It's about a relationship. God is after a relationship. I don't want to be religious. You don't want to be religious. You don't want to just go to church, go to the motions, do that. No, you want a real relationship with a God who is deeply in love with you, who is desperately wanting you to put your trust, your heart in his hand. Because you know what you, you've come to understand? I can't do this on my own. I've tried this, I've tried that, I've been in this relationship, I've been in that relationship. I've tried everything that I know, and it doesn't work. And so I've come to this conviction. Jesus, help me. Help me. Man, that's where some of us are at this morning. I want to invite you to keep coming to him. And if you are a disciple, I want you to open up your heart your schedule, your time, because too few of us are actively helping people get to know our God. And that's concerning. You know why? Because what are you doing? Other stuff, which is good. But what about his stuff? What about what you got you where you are? What about the time invested in you. See, we got to remember what God did for us and say, bro, I'm convicted. I need to repent. Not my bad. Yeah, you got me on that. No, I'm not trying to get you. God is wanting us to participate with him. And in a minute, I'm going to show you what happens when that happens, okay? But how does Jesus read the Bible? See, the answer to this question is answered most clearly in Matthew chapter 22. When Jesus is asked what he believes is the most important command in the Bible. And here's Jesus' answer. 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the laws and the prophets hang on these two commands. See, again, we're talking about his instructions, right? So he said, come to me. He said, I'm promising I will give you rest. And now he's telling us, here's the instructions. Take my yoke upon you. See, according to Jesus, all the instructions, all of the laws, all of the Bible, all of the Old Testament, all of the teachings, hang on, two commands. Love, love, God, with all your, uh, love God with all that you are and love others as we love ourselves. All scripture, every word, every page, every paragraph points us to respond to God's relentless love by devoting our entire lives to him and sharing that love with those who he's created in his image. And that's a lot of people. That's those around you. See, what Jesus is teaching will unlock the way of where rest for our souls is possible. A life, a way of life immersed in the heart of Jesus. What did Jesus say about his heart? He says, I am gentle and humble in heart. He says, I am gentle and humble in heart. You know, sometimes when we think about the heart, we think about emotions and we think about passions, but that's not what Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about something much deeper than that. He's talking about the core of who we are. I want to read a quote from a book called Gentle and Lowly. It says, and he's talking about the heart, central animating center of all we do. It is what gets us out of the bed in the morning and what we daydream about as we drift off to sleep. It is our motivation headquarters. The heart in biblical terms is not a part of who we are, but the center of who we are. Our heart is what defines and directs us. Everything we say and do is defined and directed by our heart. Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. See, we can't fool God, because he knows. But we can fool ourselves, and we can fool other people. But what's so beautiful is that when God gets someone's heart, He's got them. Well, yesterday, we got to witness uh, in the Visionary Life Team. It's a, a life team that Sarah and I are part of. Uh, we got to witness uh, our newest sister in Christ. 
And uh, where is, I seen Jeremy and Shereen. There she is, stand up. There's our newest sister, Shereen Boyce, who is married to Jeremy Boyce, who is the brother of Shereen, of Corinne Swim, who's married to Ronald Swim. So I wanna, I wanna encourage you with this. church version. But one of the things that struck me was that, you know, the people that were there and then listening to the sharing that was going on. Because when God's word gets into someone's heart, that's all she wrote. When they understand and they realize who they are, what they've done, who he is, what he's offering, it's a wrap. But again, when you don't connect the dots, then the motivation and the actions don't come behind, you know, uh, correspond. And it just reminded me the importance of people really understanding. Because you know what? If you're visiting and you're guilty and you're walking around with that, you need to understand God's forgiveness. Yeah, we didn't talk about repentance. That's all part, but you need God's forgiveness. And then you need to understand how to live according to his word. Because then you got the one, two, 
jab to stand firm. You know, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, Jesus passed the test. He prepares us for the spiritual battle. And it's not just from the day you get baptized. <laughs> it's for the rest of your life. Because there will be some valleys. There will be some dark times. But see, here's the other thing. If you are in Christ, oh boy, do you really need it? You are public enemy number one. And I believe Satan, what he likes to do is lull people to sleep. He's not trying to bring persecution. No, no, no. He wants you to be comfortable. He wants you to just keep it nice and cushy and gushy and oh, don't ask me to do too much. Don't ask me to go out of my way. Because somebody might get helped because of that effort. Not because of us, but because you were willing. See, people need to be loved. Everything Jesus does, every word he says is defined and directed by gentleness and humility. Every act of Jesus is drenched in loving kindness. He is infinitely interested in you personally. The hairs on your head, the fears in your heart, the doubts in your mind, the dreams that you want to see accomplished, the difference that you want to make in your life. He is seriously interested. And it doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter if you got it going on or you got a lot of clout. Jesus wants you to come to him. And he wants you to make him your Lord. Because he's a really good, good shepherd. He's a really good friend. He's got a place prepared for you. He's got an actual plan for your life. So you don't have to stress and try to figure it out. So my question this morning, what does Jesus want to teach you? You got to sit and think, what is it? Okay, what is God? What is he doing? What is he, what is it humility? Do I need to understand grace? Do I, do I, do I, do, what is it that I don't see about God that I need to see? I, I'm not sure. You got to fill that, fill in the blank. But this is, again, a great conversation to have with spiritual friends. Hey, where am I at? Or, you know, I just don't trust Jesus like I used to. Man, this happened. That happened. I seen this in the church. That ain't right. This ain't right. And it's affected my faith. Jesus, help me with that. How do I overcome that? Right? He's got a lot to say about that. But here's the other one. How can I become gentle and humble in heart like him? 
And some of us are like, oh, I'm already like that. All right, you come first. <laughs> no, then you got to get to know him more. There's nobody like him. Brothers and sisters, friends, Jesus says, come to me. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon me, upon you, and learn from me. Let's be learners. Let's not act like we, we know. We got it going on. Don't say, been there, done that. That's the most prideful thing. And I've heard some leaders say it a lot. The most prideful thing in the world to say. That's true. You've got experience. However, let's stay learners and become more like Jesus. Amen. That's it. Sad that.